hallelujah. And right now, I'd like to introduce to some and welcome uh, our very own Apostle Suzanne Howard. Praise the Lord. Amen. God is good. Thank you, Lord. How you doing today? We're blessed. Amen. Awesome. You can take your seat. Class is getting ready to begin. <laughs> Pastor D said class is in session. Amen. Are you all excited? Mm, how's your dreams and visions been? Do y'all have understanding a little bit more? Yeah? Amen. I want someone, good morning, good afternoon, musicians. Bless God for you. Amen. AV Booth, those that are making it happen. I see Diana Santos went upstairs this morning, so she's helping out handle the administration of the church. Amen. Church got to go on. Didn't y'all sing it today? Mm, or was it just a song for you? The Bible talks about making those promises in the house of God in front of many witnesses. We got to make sure we're not just singing a song. We understand that it is covenant. It's agreement. It's a vow. All right, let's get our Bibles. Brother Johan had uh, inboxed me the other day. I don't know if y'all heard about that accident, two accidents in just a few hours apart on 84. Um, both accidents was caused by someone driving the wrong way down the highway. And I had just spoken last week that I had a dream about car accidents and yep, yeah, on 84. And it was such a pileup that people couldn't get out of their cars in time because the car's just coming and hitting and uh, Johan, heard his shepherd's voice and he inboxed me said pastor you were just talking about 84 and here's the accident my 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 please understand that when we're teaching something new it is going to begin to uh you will begin to evolve as a spirit being whatever's being taught when we're taught on the prophetic your prophetic is going to open up if we're being taught on praise and worship praise and worship in your spirit is going to be opened up dreams and visions you're going to be opened up you all of a sudden say why am i getting all this now and i wasn't getting it before because whenever you especially as a spirit person receive something it is an activation for it that's why we have to be very careful what we listen to, what we read, what we watch, because it activates us in that thing. Our spirit man is turned on. And um, even for those who are not filled with the presence of Christ, understand that it does have a perverse, which is a reverse effect on you. It affects us all. Anybody remember before Christ, how things would happen? You know, like, like I said, if you're an intercessor in God, you're an intercessor. In reverse, in perverse, you're a gossiper. So you want to understand what your children's calling is. Look at how the enemy has put it in reverse. And if it was turned around and not in perversion, what would their calling be in God? So things that look bad to us or poor in character or bad in nature to us is really just the reverse effects, the perverse effects of what God has called us in our lives. 
That's why we've got to run and tell this gospel. We've got to get these apostles in and these prophets in and these evangelists in and these pastors and teachers and there's so many other, the workers of miracles, the interpretation of tongues, the healers. We've got to get all of those in to the correct forward direction in God because they have been given a certain amount of power. They have mantles. God doesn't take them away. Some things are activated when they're watered in the spirit. But some things are active and they're using the gifts that belong to God for the enemy, for the kingdom of darkness. So when you look at someone and you get so stressed out or frustrated with them, just know that that's a gift in operation in the negative, in the perverse. It's in the reverse. Everyone has some call on their life. It's just who are they using that gifting for? Amen. Can someone tell me what a dream is? Someone said dreams reveal God's plan and purposes. How many want to agree with that? Okay. We got a few hands. And what about visions? Was that, Kamisha, was your hand up back there? Go ahead. Reveal the nature of God. How many want to agree with her on that? Amen. So we're getting it. So over the last seven days, what have you had in regards to dreams or vision? Has anyone had dreams? Has anyone had dreams that they recall? Mm -hmm. Has anyone had a dream that you recall but you still don't have interpretation for? Yeah, absolutely, me too. And the color was there, the conversation was there, the people were there, but I still cannot interpret this dream. And hmm, you've been hearing more. Makes sense, absolutely. And what about uh, a vision where God came to you, whether asleep or awake, and God revealed himself to you? Did anyone have that experience? Mm, wonderful. Hmm? It could be either one. Yeah. He just showed up to you either internally or externally, and he began to show you something about himself to encourage you or to show you that he's got your back or this battle isn't yours, it's the Lord's. Or these Egyptians you see today, you shall see no more. He comes to build us up. Amen. He doesn't always call us to go into prayer and fasting. Sometimes he tells you, just lean back, put your feet up. You're going to see me fight this battle. These Egyptians, you will see no more. That's why we have to be careful what we pray and how we pray out of anger. Because words are energy. And even scientists agree that words never leave the universe. They circle around the universe, the celestials, forever and ever and ever. Words are energy. Isn't that interesting? Just like we, if you look at us under certain lights, the military can always find us, no matter how hidden we are, because we show up with the heat energy. There's a heat, and there's an infrared, I think it's called, an infrared light, and now they have the blue light that can see blood. You cleaned up that murder scene real good, and they coming in with that blue light. That's their Holy Spirit. They put that light on, <laughs> and that light shows all the blood. I didn't do it. I didn't kill my brother. There goes all of the blood right over there with old Cain and Abel, where God told us that his blood cried out. His, his blood had a voice. So for us today, the voice is what God is using through detectives and science and all that criminology. How many are interested in the field of criminology that interests you? Absolutely. It is just forever evolving and unfolding and it's it's funny that when man learns something new they think that god didn't know that ahead of time you know you just need to read the bible he just uses a different language 
but they, they, we're, we're trying to catch up to God, let's just say, in 2022. Because he's always moving. He sees all of this. He sees the beginning from the, and the end from the, mm-hmm. So when things happen or allowed to happen, it's because he knows how the end is going to be impacted by it. We see things in the here and now, and we want things in the here and now. But God says, if I do this for you, this is going to affect this. So sometimes we have to get on board with God's plan because he knows the end from the beginning. Amen. Let's uh, open up our scripture for today, and then we'll jump into our next portion. We're going to go to Acts 2.16. And I want to read it over and 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 over because I want to wake your spirit up. So we won't have dead Christians in here preaching to the dead. Thank you, Lord. Acts 2, 16 through 21. I'm reading from the New Living. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. That means he's making this thing intentional. He's doing this on purpose now. Even on my servants, both men and men, men and women, so there's no class, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anybody feel like calling on the name of the Lord? Right where you are in your seat right there, just call on the name of the Lord. Because what a powerful sentence to put together in here where he says, um, I will show great wonders in the heaven, in the heavens above, and signs on the earth. He says, this is the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. But before that, he said, through blood and fire and billows of smoke. And we think we know God. He said, this is a great and glorious day of the Lord. The sun will be turned to darkness <laughs> and the moon to blood before this great and glorious coming of the Lord. It's like, I want you to come and work today, but you're going to be fired around noontime. Like, it's Friday. Come and pick your paycheck up, but you're going to be fired at 2 o'clock. Like, the great and glorious day of the Lord. But what predisposes that? Our wonders and signs in the heaven and the earth below. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. Think of that. Because what we think by our just our American Western mindset or our symbolisms or lack thereof, knowledge of that, you really need to understand what does this look like? This is scary. <laughs> and the purpose of it is to get everyone to call on. Come on, somebody. That's why I said, can you imagine? Thank you, Father, for showing us signs in the heavens and in the earth below. But can we not do it through blood and fire and billows of smoke? Can the sun not be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord? How many think it's going to be natural blood? 
got to spend some time in the word and think on these things. Ask him these things. You know why? He answer you in dreams and visions. And visions, remember, isn't always in your sleep state. He will give you the answers. You need to have the answers. We are God's people. We are his church, a living body. We are not the brick and mortar. We are the apostolic Christians that we're supposed to, believe it or not, we are responsible for a great portion of wisdom and knowledge. You know why? A great part of the apostolic is teaching. And he said in his word, many of you ought not be teachers because I'm going to hold you to a stricter judgment. I'm going to hold you to a higher judgment. You teachers who failed and didn't preach morals and morale in the church and how a woman should sit and how a woman should dress and how a man should dress because the world has changed now so we're doing whatever we want to do and we're putting our own labels on it. That's not the teacher's job. No one liked the teacher. And the church has kind of even done away with understanding that teachers are not the nice people that go upstairs with the children. I'm a five-fold teacher and I execute the word. I study the word sometimes more than I eat. I love the word. He gives me scriptures and dreams and visions that I've never, ever read in the Bible yet. He sends me seeking in the paper Bible for what he showed me in Revelation. It's a teacher's anointing. He always wants to keep us sharper, sharper, sharper. We have a heavy duty, a heavy weight on us to keep the body in knowledge. We can't be back behind. Wisdom holds you back. I mean, um, tradition, religion holds you back. It keeps you in one place where we just keep doing traditions every day. Every time we come to church, it's just the same tradition. But the apostolic is what God is doing in the new thing, the new wine, the new wine skin. Amen? So we can't just be comfortable with traditions and religion. We cannot just come to church and pray and give and have atonement and, and give alms and do great works. I mean, I don't even know how a lot of people have gone to church all their life and have done that. I would have been backslid and been out there doing some work for the devil. At least he's moving forward in his agenda. I, I just don't know how we just hear. People can do it. And I'm looking around the church saying, I, 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 I can't die like this. This is, just, this is just not me. The apostolic comes to get you to understand and discern the times. What is the darkness that the sun is going to turn to. There's already blood moons. Do y'all know that? Has anybody ever studied the blood moons? So what type of, of moon to blood is he talking about in the scripture? Ask him and bring the revelation. Guess what that's called? Verse 17, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Yeah, that's prophecy. When you can get an interpretation, a revelation, keys to the mysteries of the word of God, you are most definitely prophesying. And I'd rather have that prophet come in than the one that's going to tell me that I'm going to get something that if I just clean my credit up, I could get. If I just put some money in the bank, I can get it. If I just get a job, I can get it. And I definitely don't need you to tell me my social security number. I want the prophets that can bring in because we need to know as people of God what are the signs of the times. There's been some signs that's been going on for a long time. Remember last week I heard someone did repeat it. Um, I said, go to the Christian bookstore. 
and they have these laminated cards, and it has a list of every biblical prophecy ever stated throughout the entire Bible, and it would tell you how many has already been fulfilled. So we can begin to look for what's remaining. And then we can ask God, how is this going to happen? How is that going to happen? And he will show you according to your calling. You're not going to get the same revelation as an apostle. You're not going to get the same one as a prophet. You're not going to get the same one as the pastor. Because what he wants to give you is so that you can break it down. And lamb's meal. And sheep's food. You have to, he's, he's going to give it to you so that it can be broken down to the people. He's going to give it to the, to the prophet so the prophet can stimulate the people to want to know more. One of the main purposes of the prophets in the church is to get people to have a hunger to hear God. When there is no prophecy in the church, people don't want to hear God. We are in trouble. This should be a learning, a yearning. We should put a demand in our prayer times. God, why aren't the prophets prophesying more? We have the prophetic types coming up, but why aren't the prophets prophesying more? Where is the apostles teaching on dreams and visions? Where's the prophecy to push the teaching? Are y'all hearing me? This is activating you. That's why we're going this way today. Now let's land over to Genesis 15, 1 through 12. These are our scriptures. Genesis 15, 1 through 12. After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. What did I say? Uh-huh. Do not be afraid. What did he tell him in a vision? And he called him by his name. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Who can't sleep good after that? But Abram said, where are they at? In a dream or a vision? In a vision? How do we know we're in a vision? He's revealing his nature. Come on. But Abram said, sovereign Lord, he knew who he was talking to. What can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, he's still talking to God. You have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. The word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and said, he took him outside. Are they physically moving outside? No. There's no physical movement at all. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars. Anybody want to go out there and do that for me real quick? <laughs> if indeed you can count them, then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abram believed the Lord and he credited to him as righteousness. By believing in God, it is credited to us righteousness you want to know how do you become the righteousness of God someone answered the question uh-huh how do we become the righteousness of God does it mean we have to be sinless does it mean we have to be perfect what does it take to become the righteousness of God don't make it difficult we're not talking about your your excuse of your process of sanctification we're just talking about becoming the righteousness of God that is those who believe God period even when you don't agree with him even when it's like mommy got you twisted up in the ear and making you take them lifesavers back that you stole from the store 
I still love you, even though I don't like the way you chastise me. Are y'all with me? I want to teach you relationship. I want y'all to learn how to get past your flesh so that you can get out of tradition and religion and be in relationship with God. Though he slay me, that's relationship. When you can say he slayed me and I still love him. I still trust him. I am a believer, therefore I am the righteousness of God. I don't have to be perfect, sinless, stainless. I don't have to bring three heifers, a goat, and a ram. All I have to do is believe, and I am considered the righteousness of God. Who is the righteousness of God in this room? But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram. We didn't have to do any of that. Each of them has to be three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then birds of prey came down to the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram now fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. So that whole part. So can you go from a vision to a dream? Did we just not do that with Abram? He was in a vision. How do we know that it was a vision? Uh-huh. And then when did it start going into a dream? When? When he started giving him the plans. Not when the Bible said it. Not when he said, what was it, verse 12? As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. That wasn't the dream state. He was already in a dream state. Where he went now was going to go into what we would call a nightmare or a night terror. But it doesn't mean it's not from God. We're going to stop at that scripture right there for a minute. So verse 12 says, dream or deep sleep. Y'all with me? Dreams reveal God's plan and purposes. Visions reveal God's nature. Let me make something clear. I had a discussion with someone last week in my office, and they, they had a little trouble just sorting out the two. So I want to break it down a little bit more in layman's term. When we say that dreams reveal God's plan and purposes, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen. Because the question was, well, I had the dream. I saw what his plan was. I saw what his purpose was, but it didn't happen. But they admit it because I didn't do what the dream and vision told me to do. So just because it's revealing his plan, there is an execution that we usually will get, and I'm just going to be fair with it today, 50% of the time, it's going to happen no matter what you do. The other 50%, God is expecting you to do something about it. So if you want, for an example, if you want to know if I'm supposed to go for this particular job, and God shows you you going for the interview, showing you get the job, and then you don't go and apply for the job because it's going to happen anyway. It's God's plan. No, it's like coming to your parents and say, I don't know which college I want to go to, and I'm not sure which college y'all would want me to go to, so I'm not going to go to college at all. I'm just going to wait for it to happen. Y'all get me? So I'm telling you my plan. I want you to go to this college. I want you to go to the Apostles House University. I'm making it very clear where I want you to go. I'm telling you what the call is that's upon your life. I'm telling you how you should serve, because that's what parents do with children biblical times I know nowadays it's um I don't want to hurt you but this is what I want to do but biblical times you didn't have much choice 
your parents from picking your name to telling you your, your destination and pronouncing a blessing on you was done by the parents. So you grown, then you got to be grown out somewhere. You ain't grown in the house. I don't care if you're 40. You ain't grown in the house. So I'm telling you, telling Minister Lee, I want her to go to the Apostles House University. I'm telling her what the call is of God that's on her life. I'm pronouncing a blessing over her. And then she decides to go and do something differently. I told her my plan and my purpose, right? Now, we can take it. We can exchange it, right? Or we can leave it all together. But you cannot say that God did not show you what his plan and his purpose was for you. Do you get it? Unfortunately, we do have an opportunity to mess it up called humanity we've been doing it since the beginning so y'all get me so when you hear plans and purposes in dreams it doesn't mean sit back God's driving God is not driving until the moon has blood and the sun has terror we are driving and he expects us to drive so dreams and visions come so we get instruction and correction so we can carry out what he's given us to do but it's not going to happen automatic. 50% of the time, I'll be fair until we get deeper into this so that you'll know the difference. Y'all got it? So what's something God has told you to do in a dream or vision and you didn't do it? Who can raise their hand and say it comes clearer to them now that they, they didn't understand God was showing them good. He was showing them a plan and we just dreamed it and amen. We didn't know. So when God gives you a vision, he's revealing his nature to you. And that was in verse 1 of Genesis 15. And he said, fear not, right? I am your shield. I am your great reward, right? Visions do not reveal plans. Visions reveal God. And I can tell you this much. We need to have visions every day because the church needs a revelation of God. The church needs a revelation of God. The, the, the church missed them the first time around. They didn't know that was Jesus. Who do you say that I am? Oh, Elijah. We was naming everything. Oh, the carpenter's son. A couple people said Messiah the Christ. Few people could ID him when he was walking around temples and walking around the villages. And he told them, be quiet. My time hasn't come yet. Don't reveal who I am. But for the most part, where we look, people had no idea who he was. Even those great priests and Pharisees and Sadducees that had the temple experience with him didn't know who he was. We blew it the first time, and I have a pretty good feeling a lot of us are going to blow it on the second time. Dreams reveal his plans. Say it. Visions reveal God. Is God speaking today? Is he speaking in dreams and visions? So let's make it more personal. Is he speaking in dreams and visions to you? Mm -hmm. All right. In this text, we learned when we got down to um, verse 12, we learned that a vision may come as a dream of the night. So just because you're, at, you're asleep or just because he begins to reveal something different to you about a plan or a purpose, it can be considered a vision if you understand the message. And it doesn't mean you have to interpret the message. Just find out which context he's coming in. Is he revealing himself to you? Or is he showing you something that he, his plan is for you to do? Does that make it clearer? Sometimes the plan is, this is what I need you to do. Sometimes this is what's going to happen. So buckle up, 
pound sand, cry and be quiet. I'm going to allow people to scandalize your name because your flesh isn't dead yet. And I'm tired of your people pleasing. It's holding back my ministry. So scandal is getting ready to come to your name. Ah, war in the heavens. War all you want. I need your flesh to die. You're still coming through as a minister dealing with rejection. I can't use you. I can't take you outside of the doors of the church because you're still hurt in the church. And I've got nations waiting for you. So I'm going to allow scandal to come your way. I remember the old church used to say, never ask for patience because patience brings tribulation. Do you really think you're going to get around it? They were like, you need patience. Somebody said, don't pray for patience. The Bible says patience bring it forth tribulation. No, the tribulation brought forth your patience. Because if it ain't coming, it ain't coming. Good to the last drop. You're going to wait to the last drop. This is what came to me over the past week that was mind-blowing to me that I realized um, even more that songs come out of my spirit and it's ministering to me for things that's getting ready to happen. You be cleaning or driving, anybody? Anybody got that cleaning ministry? It's like, I need to go clean because, and, and I just mean like you just start cleaning because you feel something, because kind of a nervousness or an uncomfortableness, and you might just wipe a counter down real good, or you see a spot on the refrigerator, you're just serious about that spot. He, he, he's coming into you, and everybody's looking like, this whole house a mess, and you worrying about a spot? You just get like taken in by it. Because he's coming in, and then the song just comes from, or you're in the shower. How many of y'all got a shower ministry? Get the recorders ready, because when they get in the shower, all kind of songs is, is going to break forth. It's funny how people will all often get in the shower. Some of y'all are toilet worshipers. As soon as you get in that bathroom, worship begins to happen. Pay attention to the songs you sing. Where did this song come from? Oh, I heard it on TV. Subconsciously, you can pick up a lot of stuff from commercials. I don't know if you're one of those. I pick up a lot from commercials and have to go back and track myself. Liberty, liberty, liberty. That's demonic. But honestly, do you know it's, it's psyche? It's psychology. Commercial marketers now have, for, for not just now, like if I say now, the last 20, 25 years, hire psychologists to do the marketing for their commercials. And they learned, as God said, repetition works. So liberty, liberty, liberty. What do you think is going to be in your head? How many of y'all have it in your head sometime? Mm-hmm. How many of y'all see that little gecko thing once in a while? You'll see something else, all of a sudden you see the gecko. Or how about that little thing, I forget what commercial that is, he sticks his head out the window, Wee! And you'll see something and it will remind you of the commercial. That means they have worked their psyche, their psyche. The psychologists have come in and were able to penetrate you to get you to remember their commercials. And it's the same thing in the Word of God. And you have got to get it the same way with the Word of God. And pay attention to what you sing because what you sing is either ministering to you or it's bringing a message through you. Amen. You see him, you hear him, his voice, and you see his nature. Genesis 15 and 12 was telling us that a horror of great darkness was happening. Dreams come as a story. Come on, let's, let's, let's amplify our definition of dreams now because we got it. Y'all can say it with your eyes closed. Let's, let's ex ex extend it now. Dreams can come as an experience or a story. 
So tell me what we taught first, how to notice if you had a dream or not. Nope. Very good, very good. And see, that, that's stuff that got ingrained in us. Do it all the time. If, if it's a plan or a purpose, right, it's a dream. So let's add to that now. The plans and purpose can be revealed to you as a story or an experience. A story or an experience. You'll see things, a situation playing forth. You could be in it or observing it. You don't even have to be in it yourself, but it's his plan. I would suggest at this level that we are in, in, in Dreams and Visions 101, I would at this level recommend that you try and begin to speak back to God. So you can ask him, is this something I need to pray to stop or pray to prepare the people to receive what's getting ready to happen? Because there's two prayers with dreams and vision. And one is I need to line up with the will of heaven and bring this to pass or you're showing me I need to intercede and stop this thing from hitting the earth. And I want you to ask him because I want to build your relationship with him spiritually, not necessarily in your awake state, in your sleep. I want you to come back next week and the next few weeks that we're in this class and tell me I conversed with God in my sleep. I asked him questions. And if y'all came out of the old church where you're not supposed to ask questions, you got to start breaking. That's more religion. That's more cement around you. Get out your hammer and begin to crack that stuff off of you. God wants questions. He wants you to ask. He wants you to know. Well, you know, the scripture says that we don't know what God thinks and we don't know. No, no, no. He was talking to Israel. Israel doesn't know because Israel is consumed by the first testament. We, the believers of the New Testament, we are the apostolic carriers and followers and bearers. He's given us new wine and new wine skin. We have to know what's going on and what's coming. We are not bound by the Jews to the laws where we are stuck in trying to interpret a testament that have already been atoned for. That's why they miss Jesus. But many are coming forth. I don't know if y'all follow this type of stuff. Many are coming forth. If you watch Christian Jews and they're in Israel, many are turning to Jesus. Remember, Israel is our prophetic clock. Okay? Very good. So dreams come as a story, an experience. You'll see things, a situation, or his plan. It does not mean you will even be in it. Let me put it this way. This particular dream you're having, you are in it, but you don't know who it is you're talking to. Or on the other hand, you don't know why God has you talking to this person. I kind of gave you a little glimpse in the beginning. You need to find out what that person means to you in your life. And that's what God is showing up and representing. So what I learned is the best thing to do is talk to somebody about your dream. They don't have to be a dream interpreter, but as soon as you mention the dream to someone, it comes to you and say, oh, that's what I think of Maria. So God is showing me this by using Maria. This is what I think of Latanya. So God is showing me this by choosing to use Latanya. Do y'all get me? Amen. Come on, we're, we're getting in this. And I need y'all to get in it. Can't be a prophetic house that one doesn't dream, 
Two, doesn't have visions. And thirdly, cannot interpret a thing. So God's given us this great big old wedding and nobody can turn the wine into water. Ain't nothing being interpreted here. Nothing's happening. No revelation. Further down in verse 12 in the same text, he says, your seed will be a stranger in a land not theirs. Let me go down to verse 13. We're still in Genesis, right? 13. Then the Lord said to him, know for certain, know for certain. So what do you think? Are you praying against that or are you praying that will with God? Yeah, we got to pray to prepare the people. This is getting ready to happen. The church isn't going to like it. This is getting ready what's going to happen. Hartford's not going to like this. This is getting ready what's happening. America's not going to like this. Pay attention to whether he's giving you church dreams, community dreams, or governmental dreams. That will also show you your position in the earth. Because some of y'all are too busy praying for the cable to stay on. And God needs you pray, praying for generals and presidents and prime ministers and other countries. But we're so afraid or we're just so comfortable in what we were taught. But be honest, if we were taught religiously, how much do we really, really know who we are called to be in God? Pay attention to your dreams. Dreams and visions reveal things. Put away the melatonin. God wants to talk. I would rather be tired. That's my gatekeeper statement. I would rather be tired at the house of the Lord than sleep during a dream and a vision. I want to know what he's saying. I'd rather be tired the next day. That's almost like you was with your lover. And I know I'm going to be tired the next day, but man, I like this person, so I'm going to be with them all night long. God wants to speak to you. You want to sleep? I know you're tired. I know you got bags. I know your whole schedule is off, but something urgent is going on. And the entire earth, the universe, has been summoned by its creator, God, to talk to you, and you rather sleep. Then the Lord said to him, know for certain that for 400 years, your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. And they will be enslaved and mistreated. That's not God. God wouldn't do that to his believers. How many of y'all go to that kind of church? So the devil is the devil. I don't think that's the devil. I think God is really answering a prayer you prayed that I want to be saved. I want the joy of my salvation. I want to be a minister. I want to pray like so-and-so. I want to get this flesh under subjection. That's not the devil. You just told me in the sentence before that you prayed a prayer. And not only will they be 400 years Strangers in a land that's not their own, they will be enslaved and mistreated. Nothing you can do about it. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves. And afterward, they will come out with great possessions. Do you hear that? Does it necessarily mean that the people who were enslaved are going to come out with the possessions and a great reward? What, what text comes to your mind? When we break the scripture down. In the Bible, who was enslaved 400 years? Yeah, with Egypt. He was prophesying to Abram in a dream, telling us about Moses in Egypt on its way to the promised land. 
They're going to be punished. They're going to be enslaved. They're going to be enslaved in a land that's not their own. That means nothing about the people are going to welcome them in. This is going to happen, so don't waste night. Don't call the prayer warriors. Don't sound the alarm. Shut the shofar off. It's coming. The meeting you need to have is to prepare the nation because you're all getting ready to be enslaved by Trump. And it's my will. Four hundred years. Y'all only had three, right? Was it four? Well, look how much different he does it now. Your descendants will be strangers. Some of y'all felt like strangers. This is not my America. Black lives matter. Not to Jesus, they didn't. He assigned four years. Think about it. Can we think? I know we're laughing. And laughter is good for the soul, right? But can you think? Is this giving you a different revelation of how God may operate in the earth? How we got so used to presidents that we can vote in and vote out and make them leave after four years? But our Bible, our kingdom that is not of this earth, that is not of this world, doesn't vote in or vote out. It is a monarchy. And you have a king. You would not have a choice to come into this church. If you don't bow before the king, they have this great big old ball with spikes on it. And the guards stand there with a chain, bow before the king. I shall not bow before the king. Boom, everybody bowing. And now he gives us the freedom to come in, dancing into his gates and into his, come in with gates, how is it? Thanksgiving and praise, but into his what? Gates and courts. Thank you, memory. Gates and court. We have an opportunity to come in with gates and court. But how many times he's got hit us back here and make us fall on our knees to worship him. You could have worshiped him in church on Sunday, but you had to get fired on Wednesday to realize you should have worshiped on Sunday. It's so easy. And it's not fake. It doesn't mean you're a hypocrite. Many of us are hurting. And we got to lift our hands because we know scientifically it's the best thing for us. Spiritually, not only is it going to come about a growth for us, but we're bowing before a king. And we're not being made to bow. And you're, you're lucky if they only take that ball and chain and spike you. They could slit your throat, take your head off, Order you be impaled because the king does not like that you made him look weak in his leadership. So he takes you out to the field. 6 p.m. Friday night. King's providing all the liquor and all the food. This is Bible. Everybody gather. We're going to impale this one in front of everyone because I need to teach the rest of the people a lesson. And we've got the freedom to come into gates and courts with praise and thanksgiving. We come in here with the fight we had in the car. Wow, all about you. Egotistical you. So sorry your feelings are hurt. So sorry the usher didn't greet you. So sorry somebody looked at you and rolled in. I'm just so sorry for you. But you better understand we still have a king. And you better understand that we still have a Lord of Lords. And when you enter into these courts and these gates, whether you choose the praise or not, there will be a day coming that I promise you Matter of fact, I prophesy to you, there will be a day coming where you will bow down and worship him and confess that Jesus is Lord. Why not do it willingly? Why not give a free offering unto God 
that you are my Lord, you are my King. I don't understand it all yet, but you are my Lord, you are my King. I'm suffering and I'm broken, going through a divorce and I don't have a job and the kids are this, but I'm going to trust you because I'm the righteousness of God. Depending on just my belief in you, I am the righteousness of God. So when I walk into courts and gates, I come in with praise and thanksgiving. Why is that so hard for us? Because it's too much flesh, too much you, too much. Let it die. It's the best thing that could ever happen to you. It's the best thing. Because the flesh wants what it wants. And guess what it will always be for you? Enmity between you and God. Your flesh, your human nature, your human will will always be at war with the God you say you want and love. Let it die. Because the more you feed it, the more in between opinions you're going to live. He said your seed your seed. Now, didn't he just prophesy how great and wonderful? Unlimited numbers. You go out and count the stars and see how that works out for you. That's how many kids I'm going to give you. Oh, but by the way, those kids that I'm giving you, I'm making slaves out of them. 400 years. What does that mean? The, the ones that went in, that were born, the ones that were 70, no one's going to see the great reward that comes from that. But there's a generation that will come from those that were mistreated, enslaved, that will actually see the great reward. This is why the Jewish custom teaches their children the scriptures so that when the great day comes that they can recognize it. We don't teach our children scriptures. We barely talk to our neighbor. We hate when the preacher make us tap the neighbor sitting on the left or the right side of us. So nobody knows what to be expecting when anything happens because no one's passing down. Your sons and daughters will not be here. Peyton and Danny may not be that generation. It may be their children. We have to teach them so they can teach them and they can teach them. He talked about it in, in, the, in the Jewish text. Write it down. They celebrate when they're 13. Do you know what they have to learn by the age of 13? The Torah. The Torah. And your kids don't even know a verse. Can we just get free? That's scary times. When he told us to pass it down to your children. Why? So they can recognize the suffering king. We done made him black. We done made him gay. We done made him a woman. We done made him Puerto Rican. We done made him Jamaican. We done made him white, first of all. So how in God's green earth are we going to even be able to recognize him when he comes? I think individually we can recognize him well by the relationship with dreams and visions. I think we'll know his voice if we never see his face. If he's not Puerto Rican, if he's not black, if he's not white, if he's not dreadlock, if he's not a Hebrew Israelite, I know my shepherd's voice. I heard him in my dreams for 40 years. I've I seen visions of him. I know how he operates. If I can't recognize his voice, I know how he operates. So the enemy can appear as light, but you are not the light. And I recognize light, not things that look like light. Because I've spent time in dreams and visions with him that I know him when he shows up. You can't deceive me. You can't fool me because I know him with my eyes closed. Oh, my God. We all think God's going to come around and say, then the Lord said to him, we think God's going to say, know for certain that for 400 years, your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own. We should put my king hat on. And that they will be enslaved. Give me my staff. 
and they're going to be mistreated there. Put my robe on me. If you have that revelation of God, well, I hope he meets your revelation. You're not going to know him only by church, y'all. Because psychologically, we get pictures of God. We all have some kind of picture of him. And that very thing is going to skew your relationship of him. You've got to know him through visions and dreams. You've got to know him by his voice and not his looks. You don't even need to know him by a King James version. You got to know his nature. You got to know, is God liable of doing something like this? I could get, let's just say I can get, I'm going to pick on you. I can get 10 complaints on Elder Joy. It's nothing for me to throw nine away like that. That ain't her. That ain't her. And then that, oh, yeah, you, yeah, that's her. I will be talking to her. Thank you very much for telling me. You know people's nature. I know my, my elder's nature. And I know a lot of y'all. When people come to me about y'all, I'll be like, get out of here. Oh, yeah, that was them. There's that the package store. Yep, that was them. Yep, I know that. Mm -hmm. Y'all get me? You know your nature. I don't have to see their face. I don't have to see video footage. I don't need an audio recording. Misha did that. Absolutely. Thank you. I'll be talking to Misha. Now, what can we work on with you? You got to know the nature of your people. God knows our nature. We have to know God's nature. We have to know, does it sound like him? Does it look like him? D did he come up that way in a dream? Did he show up in a vision that way? If you don't know him without seeing him, and no one on this earth has outside of revelation, we are in trouble. Because we were supposed to pass down God so that every generation can recognize him. That's why we continue to have youth church. Not to give y'all free babysitters. Not to keep them from being bored down here. We have a God-given responsibility, a biblical and spiritual responsibility to teach these children the word of God by any means necessary verse 12 talked about the dark cloud the dark feeling darkness then God speak frightening experiences happen to Abraham just like us Abraham wondered what is this dream all about was Abraham alive when it actually happened anybody remember <laughs> was Abraham alive during Moses time is what I'm asking So can some of these dreams not be understood because they're not even going to happen in your generation? Thank you, sir. Prophecy. Prophecy. Not what you see now. Why did God give him that? Why do you think God chose to give him something that he wasn't even going to be alive to witness himself? Anybody got an idea? So he can pass the information and prepare them. Genesis 15 and 2 said Abraham spoke back to the Lord. In a vision, you can speak back to God. By the way, Prophet Latanya, you remixed this thing and taught this thing last Monday for morning prayer. I listened to it three times. It was so good. Do y'all get on morning prayer? Six, what is it, 6 or 6.30? Sometimes if you don't catch it at 6, get on when your body wake up at 6.30. Get on. Not only are the prophets praying in the morning, they are taking what God has given them from the scriptures and they're echoing it. And then God's giving a greater depth of revelation and knowledge and they're speaking and releasing it. So we're just on Facebook still, right? 
and Clubhouse. Facebook and Clubhouse, we're still on. Get on there. If you can, go back and listen to last Monday. I'm sorry about the rest of y'all. I didn't get to y'all yet. Go back to last Monday. Latanya baked that thing. She put frosting on that thing. She put ice cream on the side and served it. All you had to do was pull up with your spoon. Broke that thing. I've re-listened three times, and it's hard for me to get through one message. Three times I listened to this message, and I was glad she was from the apostles. Huh? Woo! She's like, and then she said, then the country started coming. And then she said, I said, her whole language, she said, I said, oh, we in Alabama. Ooh, we just, we just entered Mississippi, boy. She done switched the language. And then she said, and then the woman of God said, and I was waiting for her to just stand up at the desk. I said, one of these mornings, she going to stand up. That prayer shawl going to be gone, flying in the wind. That thing rose up in her. Seconds away from standing. Mm-hmm. So Abraham spoke back to the Lord. In a vision, you can speak back to God. That's actually communion. Not the wafer and the juice that we do corporately together, which is communion, but that's a symbolic communion. Amen? Y'all got me? All right, I got a few more minutes with you. Um, Let's go to 20, verse 7. Genesis 20, verse 7. I think it would be a good place to leave y'all. Y'all enjoying class? All right. Ask God to prepare your mind for dreams and visions, conversations. That's, this, this just brings me back home that when people say, oh, I can't control myself when they get up here exhorting and they try to do their own thing that they know they're not supposed to be doing and the church is roaring and excited and pumped up and you see the leaders. And the church is looking like, oh, the leaders is jealous. No, we have order and protocol. And I'm glad that y'all got excited about it, but it's out of order excitement. Because there's a vision in this house. Not control, there's vision in this house. And we try, and we're still trying, not to drop vision. The Lord told me when we drop vision, it's called abortion. And we kill seed that he's given to his leader, and his leader is passing to those that are supposed to run with it. It's abortion of vision and it's murder. So we have to be very careful not to drop vision. So when you get up here and you're moving, and even if it may be powerful, if it's out of order, it's out of order. Let's go. Genesis 23 through 7. But God came to Abilamech in a dream one night and said to him, You are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. Now Abilamech had not gone near her, so he said, he's talking back, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Why did he say nation when God was only talking to him? That's right, very good, because he was the king. He was the leader. And when God comes, he doesn't just kill off the leader. Why does it, let's, let's think about leadership. Let's have a leadership. Can we just switch to a leadership class? We're in a minister's in-service right now. We're in a leadership training program. Why, if God comes and deals with me, does it affect the body? I don't want to give it away. Does it affect the body that I lead? Okay. So what does that mean? The oil trickles down. Okay, blessings and curses. I can get that. Let's make it a little more layman's. Huh? Because I'm the teacher? 
And what happens with me being the teacher? What are y'all getting when I'm teaching? Information, right? Instruction, education. And what does instruction and revelation and education do for people? Come on, teachers. It does what, Angela? Edifies, guides, and produces. So when God or an enemy is going to deal with a leader, he's got to deal with the seed of that leadership. Because as I am, so are you. As he is, so am I. So he, Jesus said to us, they hate me. So they're going to hate you. Well, why are you going to hate us, Jesus? We didn't do all the stuff you did. Because I am the seed. Hallelujah. So they're not going to like you because they're going to say, oh, you go to the apostle's house? Oh, you're under Suzanne Howard? That's why we have to understand the great influence you have. Someone just told me the other day they went somewhere to eat. Was it you, Maria? You went somewhere and they said something about Suzanne Howard? Someone I was just with went to some restaurant. And the person, yeah, it was you. They called you by your name. That's what they did. Do you remember? Okay, all right. I'm glad I woke you up. Someone I was with last week that maybe they weren't with me. While we were out, they were sharing with me that they went in a restaurant or they went somewhere and they were talking to someone and the person said to them, I'm just going to stick with Maria, okay? And the person said to them, hi, Maria Cameron. And they were like, you are my coach. Maria was like, oh, who are you? So when they see you in some form, they see me. More importantly, they see him. So because you're under my teaching and tutelage, people are going to expect certain things from you that they've learned or grown to expect from me. Do they have that right? Let the church say amen. That's why families were known by the last name. And you could be the Baba black sheep in it, but your last name's still Johnson. You just like them Johnsons. You still like them Babcocks. Y'all carpenters and y'all metal makers and y'all welders and y'all shoemakers. Every family came with an economy attached to it. We didn't have to go work for other companies. Our last name was the building. And our entire family was skilled and traded in that field. So God made all of us to already have an economy inside of us. You're miserable on your job because maybe he wants you to now tap into what is on your name. More importantly, his name that he wants you to do in this earth. Every family. Do y'all remember that in the Bible? Oh, those were the shoemakers. The whole family were shoemakers. And the whole family made money making shoes. When we went to Italy, there were shoemakers all over Italy. And we always try to find shoes, right, in America made in Italy. More than China. Right? A good shoe is not one made in China in most times. It's you're known by the brand. This is good for leadership training. So when they came to kill this man, he said, why kill a nation? He knew that the whole, the whole family was going to be bought off. There was no blood. It was education, information, edification, your DNA. Some of y'all probably say, ooh, I sound like an apostle. Ooh, that's something an apostle would say. Listen how I'm talking. Y'all ain't had that experience yet? They don't want to be honest up in here, JP. They want to act like the sleeping Christians and Corinthians at communion time. 
Many are sick and sleep among you. So he tells this man to leave the woman alone. And he came in a dream or a vision. What do you think? Behold, thou art but a dead man. That doesn't... What do y'all get from that? Mm-hmm. Abimelech, as the Hebrews say it, Abimelech didn't even come near her and spoke back to the Lord. Lord, will you kill me and slay me? Talking to God in a vision, it's literally like you are awake. Wrapping it up, just about there. Y'all still with me? These can be so real that you actually wake up and you cannot shift into your natural set. Your mind is still in this translated place of vision. In this conversation, this dream, this vision with Abimelech, God reveals who he is, but more importantly, he revealed who Abraham and Abraham's wife is. Do not think that some people don't know who you are. Some of them apologies y'all got. Some of those things that were supposed to come your way that didn't come. Somebody had a dream. And God took the time to give them a revelation of who you are. And God said, you are but a dead man. You mess with my prophet. You mess with my baby. You mess with my daughter. You mess with my son. You are but a dead man. He spoke to him about who he was. He gave him a plan, but he also said, let me tell you who Abraham and his wife is. You touch them and you're dead. This is where I want to stop today. 1 Kings 3, 5 and 10. Is Valene here today? Valene, you going to come share with us while we close? Hmm? I don't care. Switch up. Apostle's calling. Y'all on my door. Gibeon <laughs> the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream and God said ask for whatever you want me to give you this is so powerful right here y'all pull your minds in yep come on pull them in our hearts and minds clear boom 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 we bring back the life support boom 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 we bring you back 1 Kings 3 5 through 10 at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon. Can y'all process that? During the night in a dream. And God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous. Who would have ever thought of a word to put on David would be righteous? But he's able to call David righteous because of what? What did you learn today? He, he was a whore. A God-believing whore. We attach so much to people's carnal human nature. He believed God no matter how much of a mess he was, no matter how long it took him to clean it up. He believed God that God inspired men to put in here a conversation with Solomon. You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father, David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. He didn't say indeed. We're going we're gonna to skip that part because the blood. But in his heart, 
Ain't that what we say? Oh, my heart, I love you. God knows my heart. Remember, he does. Ask for whatever you want. So he says to him, you have continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in a place of my father, David. He's bartering with God. But I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people. What is he asking for something? To govern your people. You've called me to leadership, an old wretched man that I am. I ain't on time for anything. I don't particularly know how to like people. I have horrible social skills. But you're calling me because of my great father to a place I don't deserve. Uh-huh. God knew he had this question. God probably couldn't get five minutes out of Solomon's day. Because if you know anything about Solomon, Solomon was probably very busy. In a lot of the lineage of his father. So God waited for him to go to sleep and said we're going to have a talk because Solomon you're not going to let this seed fall to the ground you're not going to give me excuses you're not going to say my father was like this so I'm like this you're not going to tell me you can't speak because you stutter you're not going to tell me you have a weakness with women you're not going to tell me about your drug addiction Solomon you're going to ask me what you need to fulfill the great commission that I put on your life because I'm not changing my mind because of your proclivities I'm not changing my mind because of your proclivities, your insecurities, your weakness. So go to sleep so that I can talk to you and ask you, what do you want? In other words, what training do you need to fit the job description that you've already been hired for, that you didn't apply for, that's been on your life? Powerful. So God said to him, since you have asked for this, and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, woo, but for discernment in administering justice. Anybody have an idea what God said? I will do what you have asked. Those of y'all that are afraid to ask God questions, that you're afraid to have conversation with God, that you don't think God answers back. I'm just rocking your world. I am changing your life completely around. I am putting your flesh to sleep and waking up your inner man, your spirit man, to understand that not only does God have a desire to reveal to you, God wants a conversation with you. God wants to know, do you know what you need to do what I've called you to do? I'm not going to send you out without help. I'm not going to send you out without provision. I am your great reward. Tell me what you need to do what I've called because I'm not changing my mind, Troy. So you might as well ask for what you need to get it done because you'll get it done. You'll go in the record as a lousy king or you're going to go in the record as a great king that carried out a great and exceedingly reward. God's not changing his mind. Tell your neighbor. Tell your other neighbor. Don't forget to tell yourself. Not changing his mind. He made you. He allowed you to come in. 
and you think you're going to come to them and say, I don't want to be a pastor. I want to be an apostle. I don't want to be a prophet. I want to be a teacher. I just want to be a doorkeeper. Because of what? Proclivities, insecurities, right? How dare we? To me, it's equal to saying, I don't want to be a female. I'm going to be a male. Sorry. I don't want to be a male. I want to be a female, whatever we want to do. I don't want to be none. I'm fluid. I'm like chocolate milk. Pour me in anybody's cup. Y'all ain't praying. No, I'm a bearers ain't praying. Y'all ain't praying. Got 22 I'm a bearers, and y'all still letting me drift off like this. That's fluid, right, JP? Fluid is fluid. Be what I want to be. Not going to happen. He said in a dream, ask what I should give you. He asked for wisdom. God's showing him what to ask for is a plan. Y'all get it? When Solomon woke up, he knew what to ask for in his waking state because God was showing him what to ask for when he woke up. So don't wake up and think, said I, said I, what will be, will be. You have a part of the plan. You have to execute a part of the plan. And by the way, you can be fluid if you want to be fluid. I just want to make it clear. I don't have no wrong fluid people. Fluid people can come right into church. Come on, babies. Come on with your fluid self. We're going to help ya. And you're going to love it. Because we need some drink offerings up in this piece. Let's just pour ya. When Solomon woke up, he knew what to ask for because God was showing him what to ask for. Do not think when you have dreams and visions and the conversation is going nice and sweet that that is the end of it. 50% is going to happen on its own. This is just my numbers. 50%, you are going to have to execute something. How will you know the difference? How would you know if you were Solomon? Come on, we're wrapping it up here. If you were Solomon, how would you know if you had to do something? Just take a guess. You're not going to get rebuked for being wrong. Just take a guess. He will reveal it. Ask and he'll give you directions. Come on, what else? How do y'all pray? Mm -hmm. And he wants it done in a conscious state, even though we can pray unconsciously. Does anyone wake up praying yet? Have you ever come out of a sleep state praying? Have you ever heard yourself in and out of sleep at night and you can hear yourself praying? Have you ever heard yourself speaking in tongues in your sleep? God allowed your body to rest because he knew you was tired and yet he summons your spirit and your spirit is communing with God. I've, I've woken up singing songs. I realize when I get too uptight, God will make me laugh in my sleep and I wake up laughing and I, I can't stand it. I'm embarrassed because Bernard is the crazy one, not me. And when I wake up laughing, I put my hand over my mouth, y'all. It doesn't work. You can't stop it. I squeeze my face like this, and I'm like, <laughs> and Diamond's looking at me like, another night out, huh? Like, anybody have it? I'm very introspective. I spend a lot of time inside of me more than I do out. Not spiritually deep, just inside introspection. I'm very deep with myself. I can lose my own self 
sometimes in my own self. And when I get too deep like that, God rescues me. He gave me a dream. Let me tell you how stupid the dream is. It was a red balloon, and I was watching the red balloon. No one was in the room, just somebody had this red balloon, and they popped it, and all the water poured out, and I cracked up laughing. Woke up out of my sleep laughing. Couldn't stop laughing. Went into the bathroom to hide, cracking up on the wall. Couldn't stop laughing. The dream made no sense. Wouldn't be anything funny in the natural. But whatever reason, I haven't learned yet, it tickled my spirit, man. I laughed and laughed. I mean, my eyes was watering. Y'all like how y'all watch TikTok? I had one of those experiences. And he'll wake me up, cracking up. And I can tell I'm too deep again, right? All right, let me, let me pull myself out. Any of y'all too deep? And you know you can get lost in your own self. You ain't even got to get and beamed up to no NASA or anything else. You go out of space right in your own space. Absolutely. And God will give you laughter. He'll give you song and you'll come out. So anybody came out of a sleep state singing? Uh-huh. Speaking in tongues. Um, praying for other people. Sometimes praying and don't even know what you're praying for. Isn't that amazing? So your body is present, but your spirit is absent. Your spirit is out. It's on loan. Let that be a refreshing to us. That when this body can't take no more of this earth, your spirit man is not dead in that grave. Your spirit man is not waiting for that great and glorious day. The spirit man has no beginning and it has no end. It's the flesh that does. Are y'all with me? So let me end it here. When you speak to God, it's a vision. But when you wake up, God was showing you what to speak. It has changed to a dream. Now, I'm going to test you on this one next week. He went to sleep, if you will. I didn't want to put that in there because then y'all going to think you've got to be asleep. He went into a vision state with God. And then it converted to a dream when God began to show him what he wanted him to speak that came from the vision. Awesome. Next week, we're going to talk about old Job. Amen. Uh-huh. If you, if you have a chance, read Job now, um, verse tw uh, chapter 23 and Job 33. We're going to have a good time in Job next week. We're also going to talk about the, the, the candle maker, the candlestick baker, the cup bearer. We're going to talk about Jap B. Limbo. We're going to talk about all of them that had all those dreams in the Bible. We're going to talk about does God give dreams and visions to sinners? What do you think? How do you know? It was you. Woo! She done started testimony service up in here. Hallelujah. Because now they call them fortune tellers and palm readers and all these people that get dreams and vision. We have to just get them into a fluid stream. Amen? How y'all doing? Amen. I want to know if before we close down the service for today, if anyone wants to come up for general prayer, I want you to get ready to come up now. We're going to pray. If you want to give your life to the Lord, you can also come up now. When a minister comes to approach you, just be clear on what you're coming up for so that they can lead you in the proper direction of what it is that you're asking for. If you're looking to become a part of the Apostles' House, you want to be discipled and equipped here and sent out, if that's what God has for you, this is a development center. We equip, we prepare, we equip, and we send out. But in between all that, you will be rebuked and taught and loved. Don't say I ain't tell you. 
on the side of that milk carton. We got some things that it might do to you having that lactose. Amen. Amen. As they get ready to come up. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask that Dixie stand over here, kind of like between Minister Corindus and Pastor D. And for those that, amen, thank you. For those that are not coming to the altar, we're going to ask that you sow a seed today. Again, I'm asking for a seed that would suffice for a class. What would you pay for a class like you got today? What's good about a class is also that you can take this information. My prayer is that you'll begin to teach your children. You'll begin to teach your household. Have some neighbors come over and teach them. Why? Because teaching like this isn't so spiritually, biblically meat. Everybody has dreams. Everybody has visions. And if we could gather a crowd and talk to this in our colleges, our universities, our schools, just dreams and visions using bi biblical names, you can begin to get people for that hunger and that thirst so that they can become the righteousness of God. What do we have to do to become the righteousness of God? Believe. Believe. Hallelujah. Do I have any believers in here today? Thank you, Jesus. You can cash out to the apostles' house. You can text to give. Just put in for the word or people I saw put in last week, class seed. So as if you're receiving a class. This way here, we didn't have to have a class. We didn't have to have a registration fee. You didn't have to come back out another day. Thank you, Lord. Now come to the altar. Let's minister. Anyone else want to come? Find out if they want prayer for anything specific. Are they looking to give their heart to the Lord? Or are they looking for discipleship in the apostles' house? Hmm? Coming to Christ. Hallelujah. Bless you. I want to hug, but I know we're in this pandemic time. God bless you. Thank you. How are you, baby? Doing well? Good. Amen. Come on, y'all. Let's minister at the altar. Amen. For the rest of you, I look forward to seeing you in prayer and Bible study this week. Ministers, we're coming up on our annual review. March of every year is when licenses are being renewed. If you haven't been in Bible study, do the courtesy and slide your license under my door. Because if you're not in Bible study, I don't know what you're teaching. I don't know what you're preaching. I don't even know what you're being governed with. We have to get into Bible study. Amen? Amen. Those are our CEU credits. Hallelujah. Come on, is everybody being prayed for? Thank you, Jesus. You singing, Mike? No? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Did you need me or you're good? You just praying? Okay. Thank you, Lord. Father, we're going to continue to keep this fire burning at this altar. We're going to continue, Father, to minister to those that are at the altar today that are in need of a change of heart. They're in need of a spiritual family so they can be led, instructed, corrected, and guided and sent by the word of God. They need an apostle's commission on their life. We ask that you come and let us welcome you in and give you what you need to prepare for that call that is on your life. Remember, God's not changing his mind. So you might as well go ahead and ask him what it is that you need to get the job done. If you've already given, Father, as we prepare to leave this place, but never your presence, we thank you for your spirit, the spirit of the living God that's resting and ruling and abiding, not just in us, but in this earth. May we be witnesses, Father, 
of Yeshua Messiah. May we go out and tell someone about dreams and visions. May we be bold enough to inspire a conversation with someone who doesn't know God. That are, they're, they're mourning and their heart is broken and they're, they're, they're lost. They're filled with hopelessness. May we be an inspiration to someone and bring them into the living God with the living word. We give you glory and honor and praise, Father, and we love you until we meet again. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're in your seats, you are dismissed. Thank you for being with us today. Those at the altar, please continue to pray, minister, 